0: Welcome to Level Up with Cheryl and Danny. We're here to help you take your health,
1: fitness, and mindset to the next level.
0: It's time to level up.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Cheryl and Danny. Today, we spoke with Abby Cloherty. So Abby
0: is a doctor of Chinese medicine and she has such a wealth of knowledge to share with everyone. I've personally been working with Abby myself for the last couple of months and I've noticed huge benefits.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we've learned a lot about Western medicine and all of that, but it's a whole other world out there. Now, Chinese medicine has been around for around 4,000 years. And the holistic approach is just phenomenal. So we are really excited to help open your eyes, just like how our eyes have been opened, to a whole nother way of living and health and well-being. Yeah, well said, Danny. So we're really
0: excited to get into this one and we hope you enjoy it. It's time to level up. Abby, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Um, You know, I've been sharing with my audience on Instagram that I've been working with you um, with some Chinese medicine to work on a few things behind the scenes. So share with us, you know, a bit about your background and what got you into Chinese medicine.
2: So a long time ago when I lived in New Zealand, I initially trained as a naturopath Mm -hmm. and I have always loved science. I've always loved art, um, but those don't necessarily go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So um, I was a naturopath initially and I was working in a medical center that had a acupuncturist there and they were picking up diabetes before the tests and cancer before the tests. And I was quite competitive in nature. And so I felt with my toolbox, I was having to spend a lot of money and time on supplements. And then they take four weeks to really see whether or not they're taking an effect Small town community in New Zealand, not everyone has hundreds of dollars to drop on supplements, mm. let alone compliance of taking them. Mm. Um, so that was a bit of a hindrance. And so I was getting results with my clients, but I wasn't able to get rid of a headache then and there in the treatment. Or I was noticing that they were able to like immediately make people walk out the room better through their craft, not through their word. Um, mm. And then I, we were sharing a client who had three children. And I would like to say lovingly that she was batshit crazy like the good kind. She's bad good kind. Yeah. You know, like I don't use it as a diagnosis. I'm just like, fuck, I'm batshit crazy. <laughs>
1: Aren't we <laughs> all a little bit? Come yeah. on. <laughs>
2: like my official diagnosis is like the shin is disturbed, but <laughs> she's batshit crazy. And I loved her. And all she ever cared about, irrespective of her back pain, her period pain, her digestive bullshit, was that after three kids, her tummy was wobbly and she felt shit about her body. She was yeah. just like, That was her only thing she ever bitched about, irrespective of the health conditions. And so when I... Well, Shared it with the acupuncturist, and I watched the acupuncturist give her a treatment that reduced her stomach by an inch in the session. And my brain just went, Wow. <laughs> That's, and my client, wow. super fucking happy. Her digestion improved, mm. the other shit improved because what she was consumed by was gone. Oh, my but goodness. No means did she get like a six pack or anything. She went from like a size 14 to a size 13 and a half. Like, yeah, but it was enough for the mind just to like click off. Mm. and then a few weeks later i watched her do a facelift on one of another clients and i thought oh fuck this i'm out i'm like upskilling wow <laughs> change
1: of career yeah. a facelift yeah. all through acupuncture and, and all of that
2: so wow. then i moved to australia and trained in chinese medicine here yeah. um thought i was going to be the christina yang of chinese medicine like obsessed with gray's anatomy like I love it just <laughs> dreams yeah to the point where it was, you know, I was actually a bit of a dick at uni because I was so about my own fucking degree. Yeah. I went to China uh, by myself, did my internship there, which was the best and worst thing I could have done.
0: Because
2: um, mm. I was the only white girl, rather than observing, I was another grunt and they thought that I was part of a different internship. So I was working 80 to 100 hour weeks, seeing minimum clients an hour. I speak fuck all Chinese and the Chinese I do speak... <laughs> stance yeah um yeah that was great yeah Um, how
1: was the um how was it different to the studying in australia versus in china like i've heard because i've had a a few chinese medicine appointments as well with my practitioner and he was saying that uh you used bee stings did you have to do that
2: fuck no oh there's a bit of culture behind it so okay remember the chinese culture of perfectional fuck off yeah. <laughs> right. like, how can we forget and the same that their language is structured around maths and physics it's perfectly mm. that's why they excel at those sciences and, and subjects is because the way the language is designed around math so yeah rem, like stereotypical comment a bit racist Chinese are super smart
1: yeah we love them for it they're smart
2: they are highly competitive mm. I think I'm Chinese. I really do. I eat with chopsticks. I refuse coconut water. Dairy is the devil. Like, I'm a bit, I rub it. Um, oh. And so, when I, when I was there, so in Chinese language, sir, which is for, is also the same word for death. So, oh. it's not, um, it, even the symbol is the same. So, mm. the, the connotation. So, in room, sir, four. So in the rooms, none of the tables are numbered four, but this room was numbered four, and mm-hmm. then number four because every room on the ward kind of has a different specialty. Like it might be the oncology, uh, cosmetic, diabetes, weight loss, um, mental disturbance, fertility. Like they all have different. So room four was always where the weird shit happened. Uh. Like weird, weird shit. And so when they did, so room four is where they did beasting therapy and. Okay. The, Theory behind bee sting therapy is because the point is being um, stimulated extra. Because one, you're stimulating the point. Two, the once the venom goes in, the body's own anti-inflammatory process to that venom then gets stimulated tenfold in that point ongoing. So it's really mm. beneficial for things like rheumatoid type conditions or stiffness in the back, or if someone's needing to rehabilitate an entire joint arthritis, uh, some forms of gout. So it does have huge benefits, but it does come at a cost. And like bee sting therapy isn't just like two bees. It's like 50 fucking bees in a back every two days Whoa. from the bee stings. And it's the people doing it. So there's a Chinese term called Shen, which is uh, one word for your mental health slash your soul slash your personality. Because in Chinese paradigm, the soul is five components. You're not just your ethereal soul. And so the personality aspect of your soul is called Shen. So when someone's depressed or maniac or whatever, you can see in their eyes that they're not okay. Like think about when you walk past someone who's high as a fucking kite, they're just not there. Or someone who's super depressed, it's gray. And mm. the room of four, the people doing the beasting therapy were just blank Shen. Oh, like, whoa. As they oh kind of buddhist connotation to killing a hundred bees a day like okay, okay. What is about? so the one that i saw and i've got photos of this in clinic i have a book of my experience um there was a man there that had to go every two days for bee sting therapy in order to be able to walk mm-hmm. and so they get these long tweezers and they are given their own little beehive yeah. Um, you have to remember where I was there's no farms anywhere it's mm. all concrete jungles I don't know where they grow the bees so you're in a concrete jungle and you see this nature and you're like oh wow. but then they take it out with tongs life bee into the back if the then they have to either leave it there or try and remove the stinger while it's attached and then put that leftover bee in a tub of water to drown oh was not my favorite Room four is where all the weird shit happened, and so whenever I think of beasting therapy, I'm like, Room four.
1: Yeah, wow. there you so go. I didn't I, hear that yeah. part of the story when I asked that question. Yeah, yeah. I did not expect that. And wow,
2: it's interesting, but again, like all science and all pharmaceutical, there's always a cost. Like, yeah. So it's phenomenal. I don't know if I am the right person to be doing it. And yeah. I never I never went that way. So I don't even advocate anything that uses uh bee venom or anything like that for limp uh lip plumpers or anything that vasodilates. I, like, I just think mm chili could do it. Mm. So Yeah. yeah so, wow.
0: So, so yeah. moving back to like so obviously you went over to China and then and then sort of what happened moving forward in your career after that?
2: So from having gone to China, um, I got picked by my mentor. So um and Chinese medicine culture, normally um, it's handed down generational or the teacher will pick a student and then that's how they uh, transfer. Like sometimes it can be a really secretive industry because you don't want people to get the same results as you and oh. you want to find their egos. Oh, well, there's so many egos. It's yeah, great. Okay. Um, you want your own kind of like connotations of what you're really good at. And so I was really lucky that um, my mentor was fourth generation Chinese doctor. Um, her grandfather had actually started the hospital that I trained at Her father was still the administrator and she uh won a purple heart for not losing a patient or staff member when SARS broke out in the hospital wow so they do Chinese medicine in conjunction in a horror hospital environment so if we were treating rye neck on children we wouldn't touch them without an MRI or an x-ray so we mm. knew what we were dealing with so it was really cohesive over there you don't quite get that here so um because I showed initiative and did that on my own she then took a shine to me. And for the next few years, I have been, um, just her shadow, her slave, her everything. Um, which like when you have a mentor, you just do whatever they ask you to, because it's quite a privilege, um, to be bestowed upon you to be able to learn direct from the source. So, um, that was great and I still have a lot to do with her and she has a clinic here in Melbourne as well. So if I'm ever really stuck or I need some help or if I just want to go somewhere for a feed, um, I'll walk up to her house with her family and go feed me. Amazing. So, yeah, so that was really awesome. And then it also opened up a lot of relationships with um, surgeons in Hong Kong, other practitioners in Japan. Um, I trained in France and now I train other practitioners um, across Australasia how to do cosmetic techniques in conjunction with their constitutional. So it's not just treat a line, it's why is the line there? And I really love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so obviously you've got a huge interest in, you know, the cosmetic side of Chinese medicine and acupuncture. Um, it's very common, you know, especially amongst, I guess, uh, females to go out and get enhancements and the Botox and all that sort of stuff. It's very much trendy at the moment. So tell us a bit about, you know, how you use Chinese medicine and acupuncture to sort of replicate the same
1: thing. If you don't mind, I'd love to actually just, um, before we get onto that, just tell the listeners what the, the philosophies of Chinese medicine actually is first, and then we oh. can talk about the cosmetics, because yeah. I've actually got a Botox appointment after this, so I'd love to, <laughs> to know your opinion, but... First, let's just talk about what Chinese medicine actually is, if you don't mind, and how that differs from the Western world and and the pills and the prescriptions and what we are mainly exposed to.
2: So Chinese medicine is one of the oldest traditional medicines that have ever been around. And there are a lot of similarities between Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic and traditional traditional medicines. Mm -hmm. So Chinese medicine is at least 4,000 years old that they can document. Um, and it was based on the observation of the person and the environment. Uh, you cannot separate a human from the environment that it's in. So whatever the human's having is in relation to its environment is stimulating the internal environment. So everything that Chinese philosophy is based on, it comes down to a concept of yin and yang. You can't have yin without yang. You can't have dark without light. You can't, there is no balance without imbalance. So the whole point of, Chinese medicine is to reinstate homeostasis within the environment, within its environment. Mm. So, we're always taking into account, not we have, we give no fucks about diagnosis because for us at Common Cold, we've got like 13 different diagnoses for a Common Cold. Yeah. Do you have a throat? Is it in the middle of summer? Do you have any sputum? What color is it not? Were you sweating? Were you not sweating? All of these things change the complete treatment program of what we would give you. Whereas if we look at cancer, we only have two diagnoses for cancer, lump, not a lump. Mm -hmm. So if you look at how many hundreds of different spectrums of cancers there are, that's quite a costing to be told, well, we don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And we also don't eradicate cancer to a certain extent with like, well, you can actually thrive and be healthy with cancer in your environment. So the main point of Chinese medicine is to live in vitality within your environment. And we cannot separate an emotion from a function, from a muscle, from... Um, uh, an organ from anything we cannot separate those so whereas yeah. Chinese medicine when it's translated to English we talk about things like kidney and spleen and liver they are the system of not necessarily the exact translation to that organ there are, because they observed um, for example they observed someone having a cough or a cold and they noticed that they had a sore throat yellow sputum lots of fatigue and cold feet and so when they looked at that, they noticed, well, actually this person in nature is also quite rigidmented, really prone to being frustrated and they get a lot of headaches normally and you know, they're prone to constipation and the environment they're in, well, they're at the top of the mountain and it's dry and dusty. So that's a lot of heat. And then this wind came in. So when the wind came, then their throat changed. So they would mm. translate to as hot wind invasion in a hot liver person. Oh but wow! liver isn't the liver of the system of the hepatic system. It has correlations to the hepatic system, but yeah. it's not the hepatic system. But English, you're at ah, liver. And then you, everyone yes. goes, ah, liver, you must be grumpy. Well, actually, no. Liver is also really good at planning, uh, forthrightness, making sure everything's in balance. It's about making sure it's got all the ducks in a row in order to be organized, but not on its own. It also needs a system of what we call the... um the spleen or the pea, which is also making sure that there's nourishment for those different things to occur. So, uh, wow. I'm trying to make it really simple to explain. We look at you like a garden. We don't just pick off a leaf and go fix. We go, Oh, what's the soil doing? What's, um, what's the environment like? Have you been watered? Is the stem got enough, um, nutrition? What are the roots doing? Oh, that will fix the leaf. So, so yeah. So, um, Mm. a lot of it, is based on lifestyle we do a lot of lifestyle work it's not just put pins in someone and expect them to improve that yep. stimulates the body's own immune response and that stimulates the nerves and that stimulates an immune receptor response in a lot of ways and so we build momentum with that it's like uh, one treatment won't fix everything if it did i would charge so much more fucking money i'd just be like
0: absolutely <laughs> totally
2: and it's because if you think about it you didn't get sick in one minute it was an accumulative effect it was a momentum so With trans medicine, because we're not drugs, we have to recreate system momentum. And that means you have to keep reminding the immune system or reminding the body, this is the way to homeostasis. This is how you can repair yourself. It's not a third party entering the body, triggering an enzyme and catalyst results that may not be sustained. We want the body to be able to sustain itself. So that's through lifestyle, changing your food, looking at the environment you're in. Environment includes relationships and work. A lot of people are sick from work environments. Um, it also includes using herbs, and herbs are different to supplements in the fact that they are not stored in the body. They're not um, vitamins or essential minerals. They create a catalyst change within the body to stimulate the body continuing on. So, yeah. in most cases, you s- shouldn't be on herbs for more than six months. It's not a lifelong thing to be on. It's yeah. to stimulate a change in conjunction with your lifestyle, in conjunction with maybe moving your body differently to there have long term results. So I hope that made it rudimental. The thing that I love about Chinese medicine that I didn't love about naturopathy was when I trained in naturopathy, it became a very much left versus right us versus them. You cannot be on any kind of medication because that's going to damage the liver and the stomach lining. And then in Chinese medicine, all of my lecturers, especially in China, in order to be a Chinese medicine doctor, you have to have an MD. You have to be able to at least prescribe on a basic level as it is. So we were like, fantastic fucking antidepressants save life. Cool. You're on antibiotics cool this isn't separate to who you are now this is part of your picture and i love that so moving forward to the botox and the fillers and all that stuff couldn't give a fuck that makes you happy fucking go for it yeah you know and i know all this like there are side effects to botox there are side effects to fillers um psychological as well as physical and so i'm more like how about we give you options because there's a lot of happy vegans out there that don't want to put anything in their face but let's fake it we're all fucking vain (laughs) I love feeling pretty. Um, Why not? Because when when you feel you look good, you feel good. Yeah. Girl, I'm on fleek. You smile at more people. You're more approachable. Yeah, It it takes out that 10% of worry of your your system. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like lots of clients that I treat have Botox, but because of me or because of Chinese medicine, cosmetic acupuncture, they don't need it every three months. They only get it maybe every six to nine. So they're happy. They're not having to top it up um or you know you get to the point where Botox doesn't work anymore your muscles just power through it I'm the perfect person to see but I'm the soy milk of Botox not the milk milk like same same but different it's not exactly Botox I can't freeze this shit because it's not you know it doesn't atrophy muscles so totally it gives you options
1: Mm, yeah that's good and it just explains that and and we're always about just yeah. seeing things by the bigger picture and, and recognizing that different things are needed for different people and environment is everything. You can't just expect, okay, take this pill and, and, and that'll be your answer. Well, no, like from what you've said, you treat an array of conditions, whether it be musculoskeletal, whether it be psychological with your practices, but you really embody that person's environment from their workplace, from from all the stresses, and I think that's really important because, particularly from a health and fitness background, a lot of people think, right, I'll just eat less calories, do more exercise, and that will be it. People My, do not take. I'll just
2: do f forty five and never eat rice.
1: Yeah, <laughs> please let's eradicate
2: <laughs> Testosterone, your periods are going to stop, and you're going to get fatter. Exactly, Look, rice yeah. is life.
0: Um, I was going to say, you know, even working with you, Abby, you know, it's really opened up my eyes, even from coming from like Western medicine way. It's, yeah, it's so embodied, like, yeah. you know, medications and pharmaceuticals and all that sort of stuff in that treat the problem, like looking at the problem. And the problem is never the problem. And I love mm. how you use that uh, the garden analogy. It's so important because we're all about that as well. Like, you know, you're not going to um, you know, get the body of your dreams with one workout. Right. Could,
1: like, how much would you increase your prices?
0: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> One yep. day. See you later. You up. What are
1: you guys working together on?
0: Uh, so, at the moment, it was more so general health for me. Um, I think, to be completely transparent, starting with Abby, I didn't recognize a lot of the things that I had to work on until we started working on them. So, okay. telling me how tightly strung, type A, uh, anxiety driven I am, um, yeah. she, what do you call me, Abby? A coconut?
2: Coconut.
1: <laughs> What's
2: I think I called you a coconut, having the outside, but gooey and mush on the inside. Oh, uh, no, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. I think, I think you're
2: all the Inside, Fuck.
0: Yeah.
1: Actually, coconut number two.
0: Coconut number two right here. Beavis and butthead. Um, but even the other day, you know, I was experiencing some PMS symptoms, and I went in and um, Abby did some acupuncture on my foot, and the cramp that I'd had been carrying around all day sort of just dissolved.
2: Really? And this is what I love. I love I have an immediate tool to stop that shit. Mm. Because a, the other thing that I really get to do in my role that I think needs to be spread further and wide is lots of symptoms we have are common, but not normal. So every mm. bitch goes, oh, I have period pain. You're not meant to have period pain. Men don't yeah. go out and shit and complaining that they hurt. It's a natural function of the body. It shouldn't yeah. fucking hurt. So everyone's yeah. like, oh, my period pain compared to somebody else's. Fuck that bitch. I don't want you having pain. yeah be tolerated this is another part of the symptom that means that something else isn't behaving let's peel it back like your body shows you signs but your body shouldn't show you pain like yeah need every single fucking month there shouldn't be this yeah of psychosis that goes with it it's a sign that something hasn't been addressed or it's it needs balance or you know yes everybody goes crazy on a full moon but they don't have to go complete psychosis But, yeah, so we've been working a lot with the hormone levels underneath and I've just been adding zhuzh to make skin glow as well and any kind of fine lines, we're just softening. Um,
1: How does that happen? Like, do you mind talking about some of the techniques? Because all of these words and even me, I'm like, ooh, tell me more. Like, what is that? What do I need to do? How, yeah, how do you do that? What techniques do you use? Obviously, it's not that simple, but.
2: Well, um, when you do Chinese medicine acupuncture, it's very different to dry needling. So um, Chinese medicine acupuncture, we train for minimum four years. You can't touch anyone with a needle for three years. And we learn not just the anatomical positions of the points. We learn their fundamental um, prescription orientation, their function, as well as other they can interact with. So for example, when you get dry needling and they might try to free up your shoulder, they try to create a trigger response in the spindle cell of that muscle in order to turn on or turn off, which is fine if it is a localized problem. For me, I'm thinking if someone has a shoulder issue, there's most likely something wrong with their upper back or their other hip or through here. There's about five channels that run through the shoulder pertaining from liver, large intestine, small intestine, um, heart, and sand gel. So all of those like heat systems, lung systems, grief systems, you know, you carry the world of the world in your shoulder. So I wouldn't be treating that. I would be treating why that occurred. So when it comes to the face, the way I practice cosmetic is... I do a lot of facial reading. So interpreting signs and colors and facial features and pulling them back into uh, behavioral, like when I say behavioral, like when people move their face, it gives away how they process information because like, especially in a Caucasian culture, um, we use body language through our face because we come from repressed English where that slight flick of the lip is enough to go fuck off. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a lot of Asian and European cultures, it's this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hands are waving and flailing pretty. That's the, the Greek in me
2: relate a lot of Caucasian cultures. We've learned its inflections and you'll see that's partly why we tend to show lines quicker is because our faces are engaged differently. That's why a lot of Asian cultures, nothing moves because they are so much more better at um, using their body and their language and their screaming to get something out. So I look at a lot of reading to try and go back and go, how does this match the picture of their health? So, yep. for example, if I have lines here that they're worried about, I'm like, "Bet you worry a lot. You create mm-hmm. problems to think Lives about. You're fullness. a philosopher. Mm-hmm. And so the philosopher in nature normally drains on the P or the spleen system, which yep. is your digestion and metabolism of ideas and of food. So there would be a correlation to digestive upset. Yeah. okay, why is it digestive upset? What's underlying that? It could be food intolerances. It could be pH is wrong in the abdomen. It could be underlying trauma. The thing that I love about my job is I don't necessarily have to talk to you to understand that there has been a disruption in the emotional lay of the land. So then we can use the body's own systems of reducing stress and releasing serotonin to make you feel settled, to work on the underlying trauma, to then have relaxation showing on the face. So that's the internal process of it. Then if there are lines on the face, we do a little bit of localized needling and trauma-inducing to re-stimulate the collagen process. And we do a lot of um, associated muscle work because you want to try and train the muscles to hold back, not in the area where the line is showing. Just because there's a line there, that doesn't mean that that's where it started. So for example, when lots of people get their forehead Botoxed, um, so you can try this as a technique. If you just separate your eyebrows at the front and push really, really hard, separate them and then frown against that do you notice that actually the top of your head is compensating for what you're not letting it do oh
1: yeah yeah Yeah? what the hell
2: so when i do cosmetic acupuncture i'm actually working on the associated muscles not just what you think is happening so that's why it's really great for Botox and fillers, is because that's how you can wear through. Your muscles can overcompensate because your body always wants to display what's going on. Yeah. Um, so if you've got Botox on here all the time, we're like, fuck, I don't give you've got it. We can still work around it, and yeah. that's how my clients don't need it as regular, is because these muscles are all holding properly. So there's a a really comprehensive approach to zhuzhing and working on lines and making you feel better and tightening and moving lymphatic fluid and training muscles to hold differently. And then a little bit of like, some people have got great skincare, but it's not for their skin. Mm. Like it might be the world's most expensive product and it's beautiful, but actually... For you, it's not ideal. So a part of that needs to change too. And we work a lot on making sure your estrogen levels because as women change in age, estrogen fluxes and changes. And if you never looked after your periods and you didn't recognize the symptoms of your hormonal imbalances by the time you get to menopause, that's a 30-year ingrained like hormonal constitution that suddenly drains in your face because you don't have fucking estrogen to have any collagen holding your face up. And yeah. so we, that as well. So it's a little bit behind, you know, the cart behind the horse, but we can do what we can to, to boost it up. So yeah. And then lots of gua sha, lots of glow sha. So we get people to guasha their face at home as well. One of these You've
1: started on that Chirale, with the, so yeah. How would you explain that for people who can't see what, what you're doing right jade now?
2: Um, basically it's a flat piece of Jade rock that you scrape the shit out of your face with. Yeah. Like, Super complicated. Mm -hmm. Super complicated. Great. The shit out of your face. And what does that do? So um, Gua Sha is a technique. So normally in Chinese medicine, Gua Sha is a scraping technique that would get rid of pathogens. But when you use it on the face with a jade stone, It creates localized trauma to encourage stimulus response. So collagen, tightness, elastin starts to be recreated. And if you do it in the technique that we teach you, you move lymph flow, you encourage blood flow. So when the lymph is clear from the face and adequately um, moved, you get a brighter complexion, irrespective of what your skin tone is. Um, You can start to retrain muscles to be tighter and you can start to reduce knots and say your jaw or your clenching or your forehead. So it actually over time softens and eradicates lines. You can never get rid of a fucking line. I mean, three years worth maybe, but it's like, again, you would have seen that with Botox. Sometimes it takes three years of consistent Botox to get rid of one line. Like I'm being Mm. very transparent with the results here, but I love Glosha because uh, when I was training, I did Jade rolling because, you know, it was all the, this is before it was cool on Instagram.
1: Yeah. It became a thing, didn't it recently?
2: Yeah, Like six months to a year. No bitches noticed my face. I raped for a week people started commenting i was like oh my god I've all this time with a jade roller so yeah we use a jade roller in clinic but it's a crocker shit it works yeah
1: good we need to know because there are so many things out there and products that people think fix the issue but from what you've said a lot of it starts from within Mm -hmm. and the stress and the environment so how much of your treatment would be the physical acupuncture and 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 the scraping versus lifestyle interventions like where do you spend most of your time as a practitioner Bullying. <laughs> That's why you and Chiral get along. I can understand. Like you two, are two hard-headed human, awesome like, people. I like you. Anyone, <laughs> Chiral?
2: <Cherelle gets laughs> well, like, I've talked about this other people. Um, I have a really interesting type of clientele. Um, I can I could go through and like categorize them completely, but people follow <laughs> Instagram for three months before they decide to make a decision to come and see me. Yeah. Okay. Too scared. Somewhere in the middle knows. I will ask them to change, and you have to remember, yeah. you're never, you you never change for the worse, never. No. But change is terrifying because you get so ingrained, and people are like, "You're going to tell me to break up with my boyfriend? You're going oh to tell me to quit my job?" And I like, would well, never. That's not my fucking role. I'm not a no. counselor. Be no. no skin off my nose if you don't change. But if I show you, hmm, you think maybe this is making you a psycho? I think you already know this. Yeah. Then, then it will occur. So it's a really interesting phenomenon that I do spend a lot of time bullying. I very rarely give out a compliment. Um, Chinese medicine is never there to make you feel good. Like, uh, so the way I related is when we were learning and you had Chinese teachers, if they weren't being mean to you, they didn't care because it meant they yep. were apathetic about your results. Yeah. Right? I'm not apathetic about your results. I will work as hard as you work. So if you're doing the homework and you're doing the foot baths and you're putting on the heat packs and you're gua and you're trying not to eat dairy... I won't growl at you. won't compliment you, but I won't growl at you. Um, So I would spend probably, I talk while I needle is the way to answer your question. Um, I practice a little bit differently to most other practitioners that I know because having gone to China and realized I need to get out of the fucking way and just let the needles do their work. I don't stay in the room with you. I don't sit there and hold your hand and talk you through everything that's happening. I give you my time and 100% of my attention. But I think the really important and beautiful stuff happens when you're on your own and the needles start to make you feel these subtle sensations sometimes you get emotions sometimes you just sleep and i think yeah well, that's fucking important too so um we give a lot of homework and like because once once you have acupuncture your brain's fucked and you can't remember anything upset anyway and if you've had an emotional time you spent the whole fucking time crying just letting it all out like i don't remember what you said <laughs> We'll just email it to you and you can look at it. Yeah. Like, that's fine. So when it comes to lifestyle advice, a lot of my clinical uh, application is I never give you everything at once. Like if you yeah. want something to stick and to be applicable and you would have this for training, it has to be baby steps that accumulate on one another. Like I'm not going to go in and go, right, you need to be on a gluten-free diet, dairy-free diet, no salicylic acids, no more alcohol, no more coffee. And I want you to start tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Eat. Right yeah and then you resist it you might do it for three days and then you'll resist you won't actually see the change so um yeah i I, I remember Sherelle,
1: she was about to have her first appointment with you because um if you don't mind me sharing i had the bumps on your arm or something like that and then she's like she's gonna make me cut out dairy danny i know it (laughs) afterwards afterwards um i give her a call hey how'd it go yeah no more dairy (laughs) 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 fuck but it worked though seriously though it
0: doesn't take long i had i put it on my i was like oh you know it's a bit embarrassing i was like what are these bumps on my arms and i put it on my story being like you know i've got these weird little bumps on my arms. i'm pretty sure it's dairy because i noticed within myself you Mm. know you have some ice cream it's worse the next day right um so then yeah when after that first session and then i had so many dms from other people being like i have those too. what are they yeah explain what they are and you know perhaps how dairy
2: does lead to those
1: or or any other presentations let's just have an open discussion about dairy and just piss (laughs) some
2: people off (laughs) okay no no you want to piss some people off fuck off with your coconut water all right Uh yeah that it's equivalent to plasma if i fall off and have a car accident and you come here to give me first say don't fucking put coconut plasma in me i want the real deal fuck this Uh shit it's cold damp creating lots of bloating and problems Ooh. Really? So it's no good for you? Coconut tree in Victoria, and ever. We don't have coconut trees. It's not part um, of our environment. So
1: it's coconut. about your environment, right? So if we grew up north, we'd be more Perfect. receptive. Okay, I understand. You don't even have banana trees. Oh, shit.
2: All these it's tropical sticky. Food. It's damp. And why would you eat bananas in winter when they're a tropical food? Yeah. Okay, so I, just... I've just pissed off half of your population that listen because they're like... <laughs> potassium i think it's quite interesting because it goes back
1: to to you know the hunter gatherer days versus where we are now we didn't have access to those kinds of foods and and at all seasons but i suppose you've highlighted something really important that i don't even spend that much awareness on and yes maybe we we really need to spend time Eating and ingesting the foods that are in season and local to our um, community. I think that's a big so the, takeaway, the actually. Is
2: if it grows in the plant in that environment and that region, then that has nutrients that you will need internally to survive that region. Oh, wow. Because it grows where you are. So if you think about it, root vegetables tend to grow in winter and root vegetables have a lot of fluid in them. But in winter, we don't drink much more. So then these oh, wow. low Tuba tubus oriented vegetables, when you ingest them, lots of energy. They don't necessarily um like root vegetables aren't the ones that really lay on carbohydrates, don't lay on a lot of weight. You know, they're low GI, they sustain you for a long time, they absorb a lot of fluid, so then that goes into your body. Mm. Um in summer, you have more fruit, their hydration, you know, they're luscious, they're big, they're um, juicy. Again, it encourages more hydration and more lysine because you need more lysine in summer because the skin's turning over in the heat. So these things are really important. The reason um, we advocate less dairy, it's a lot easier in the Western society just to categorize a food group. Um, So for example, cutting, a lot of the the food stuff also for me comes from naturopathy. Mm. But in Chinese medicine, we don't recognize enzymes, vitamin quality, or even calories. So Mm. we would rather put you on a diet. If you have poor digestion, and I tell you, 80% of the population do. They yeah. just don't recognize that that's what it's stimulating from. So this, with the bumps, is a form of poor digestion, which means there's an interruption to the digestion. So we believe that the stomach is a soup. So the, the function to stomach, the digestive function, the digestive stomach is a soup. And anything not of soup-like consistency quality or broken down means that the... So, It means the body then has to focus attention to break that food down to make it like soup. So if you think of a soup on a simmer and a boil, that means that, you know, it's all smooth. It's just nice, gently rolling. It's just humming along. It has this beautiful little steam that comes off it. We say the steam comes up and rests on the mind. So that's clear energy, clear thinking. Um, Soup is clear and like moves really easily. So for us, that means that the soup goes to your sinews and tissues easily, uh, gives energy to your body. And you know, if you think about healthy urine, it comes out nice and clear. If you think about healthy fecal matter, it comes out pretty smooth, pretty easily, not a lot of tension or smell. So mm-hmm. when you ingest, for example, imagine putting a sticky banana on a soup, glug, just kind of melts. across type. Imagine putting cheese on a soup; it would just melt and completely cover oh, the top wow. of that. And yeah. Then the body then has to address all this more energy. So this energy, it could be sent to your mind. This energy could be sent to your heart. But instead, it has to stop all that send it to this cheese, start digesting this cheese the best that it can. Yep. And if that doesn't fully break down, then we would say that that creates a sticky mist that would create sticky problems. So for example, uh, we say phlegm misting the mind is when you suddenly just lose your fucking shit and you can't see. Um, think about when you eat crap food or you have a hangover, you can't think clearly. You yep. can't feel emotions clearly. You're just like meh. Brainful. So um, brain Yeah. So, brain fog. And so you can see um, cheesy type constitutions in the pus or what is exudated from the surface of the skin. So mm-hmm. from an atropathy perspective, in the back of my brain, the skin is the third kidney is filtration. And in Chinese medicine, it's also a form of filtration. It's a little bit large intestine, a little bit lung. It's a metal system. It's protecting the body from in and out. So for it to be coming up here is a sign that it's not digesting adequately. And it's trying to push it out in other forms. That's only one symptom of it not being adequate. Because when we were speaking, Sherelle, if you don't mind me divulging, we were having a little bit of difficulty concentrating and being able to hold the train of thought because you had so much to come out. So Mm -hmm. because rather than just telling me what was happening in the picture, you were telling me about the whole trainload of events, which wasn't pertinent. So that showed me from a diagnostic perspective, this interruption to your flow because you're Mm -hmm. so worried about what you want to tell me. You can't tell me what's happening here. So again, um, I still deduced a dairy or what I would have said was a digestive upset in combination with the picture
0: it's so interesting how all those things really do um impact everything like and when i was laying on that table i swear to god abby i was like she's reading my mind she knows my personality (laughs) she's taking my pulse looking at my tongue and she knows the type of person that i am so it's it's so interesting how much you know it all links together and i can really um like i have cut out the dairy now for probably probably six weeks nearly a month month six weeks and they've significantly reduced and it's the first period that i've gone through as well where i
2: haven't had a big breakout on my chin yes Mm, there you go okay yay like your period's better but like my priority (laughs) vanity
1: yeah i know i need some interventions for skin because i keep getting breakouts around because um just a bit of background on me i've only had a regular cycle i've just gotten it back i've had four now done work with chinese medicine um naturopathy and it's been great a lot of the interventions and all of it has come from stress reduction as well but there are still those little breakouts that pop up um and I suppose what would be really beneficial for not only me, but the listeners as well. So you mentioned cutting out dairy, but I recall Sherelle and, and even my practitioner saying, um, not drinking cold water during your meals. Cause I always do that. But the analogy of the soup with the steam, I just envisioned pouring a cold thing on the steam on the soup. And then yeah. it just like, yeah, what are some key takeaways that we can do to improve digestion and, and those kinds of symptoms I'll,
2: I'll, I'll finish the analogy about we'd rather put you on rice so the soup is your digestive function so we would rather put you on cooked rice and congee in order to help reduce any symptom you ever had than a carrot juice fast because mm. in our mind the carrots cold damp broken down even eating fucking celery juice like because you know it takes more calories to digest celery yeah. than it does to get that they provide <laughs> That's like, fuck off. Eat yeah. some food. <laughs> you notice most obese people don't eat. It's not because of your eating habits. It's yeah. a life consumption. So we would rather put you on rice for the rest of your life because if you think about what you feed a toddler, you feed them soup orientated foods, easy digestible, mm. easy breakdown. And if you think of a toddler, they shit like fucking troopers. They have heaps of fucking energy. They mm. still grow. They sleep fantastic and their brains continue to grow. So we kind of treat your digestive system the same easy take home messages and like um Chinese is always always about the warm keep everything warm keep your feet warm keep your lower back warm keep your tummy warm keep your period warm don't wash your hair when you're bleeding because you lose all the heat out of your head and your cramps will be worse oh what there's lots of lifestyle stuff around periods that westerners have never been fucking taught because we've been taught to hide your period or go go yeah. continue to play tennis when you're menstruating like all yeah. those in the nineties of how you can do it all and be amazing, and really you just want to curl up and fucking die. Yeah, yeah so, pretty much. For the digestion easy take homes would be: um, just because it's hot outside doesn't mean that you should do the complete opposite and have lots of ice to cool down. What that's going to create is extreme differentiations in temperature. If outside is thirty degrees and say our body naturally is roughly thirty six degrees, if outside is starting to match the inside, if you ingest lots of cold there's going to be a huge disparity between your internal regulation to the external temperature. Mm. that makes sense? So like if you're trying yeah. to ice in the body, if you think about water in, in the freezer, it contracts. If you think about our, our delicate, sensitive uh, venous system, the, those veins vasodilate and contract super quickly, super easily. So if you're ingesting all this cold, everything's going to constrict. Oh, and so, wow. you know, About your esophagus constricting or your digestive constricting, you're not going to be absorbing any nutrients. You're not you're going to be more prone to bloating, you're going to be more prone to discomfort. And you know, you're probably more prone to constipation and cramping. Like, and I know lots of people go, oh, cold makes makes me feel great. No, you cut out ice from at least a fortnight and then try and drink something cold and you will feel it the entire way down. That's not natural. Uh... You're not really meant to sense it that much. So For people who are worried about their metabolism and people who are like, I just want an easy way to lose weight. Trust me, if it's not the temperature of your skin, don't ingest it. So if you're going to have salad stuff, wait for them to be room temperature or wilt them a little bit more. Um, If you're having juices every morning, don't use frozen frozen fruit and vegetables or add some hot water. Add uh, herbs or vegetables that are warming, bit of ginger, bit of lemon, aniseed. I recommend people changing from banana in their smoothies to say broccoli stems or slightly steamed zucchini peas peas are sweet they're really nice and easy starches so we recommend kind of changing small and eating a handful of fucking nuts is sometimes ridiculous because nuts are hard to digest like all the protein when the protein ball phase came out i was just fucking pulling teeth yeah, because you had lump of rock coated in coconut oil yeah.
1: you know here we go
2: Throw it on Instagram. Fuck the yeah. fuck. <laughs> eating real chocolate, like
1: fuck. Yeah, you may I'm as like well eat the chocolate. So happy. Like,
2: high
1: in calories, isn't they? and they're very high in calories, and that's it. Because I've, I've gone through a phase of um, blended long blacks at the moment, and now I'm never going to have that again. It's literally ice, bit of protein powder, coffee, and normally yeah. I'd have it right after a meal. No wonder yeah. I feel cooked. I yeah. like, fuck.
2: Why are you having protein powder when you're a female? Are you trying to build on bulk?
1: There we go. Another. Oh, is, this a, is this a legit question or Are you taking the piss? I can't tell.
2: No, I'm being genuinely serious. Why oh, what
1: was the question? Why? I don't know. It tastes good. It tastes like chocolate.
2: Why do you need that extra bulky mechanism? It's mainly whey. It's not necessarily real food. Mine's
1: collagen protein though, because I found whey my skin like whey protein makes my skin break
2: out. <laughs> as way as dairy it's a dairy yeah river.
1: exactly yeah so i just have a, a collagen and it's just a little bit but anyway collagen the, the point of that was i'm not doing it anymore
2: <laughs> you, you can add collagen to it like collagen's fine but you can also mm. get collagen in the marrow and of of bones and you Bone can get And chicken and skin like there are. other bone broth is fucking fantastic because not only are you increasing your iron absorption, you're increasing the fermentation of your gut. So you absorb better. Then you get more fluid absorbed into your large intestine. So you shit better. You fill up. It creates blood volume, creates blood quality. So your periods aren't so fucking painful. Lots of people have fatigue or like ravenous fucking hunger before their period because they don't have enough blood to bleed. So the body is trying to create Mm. consumption in order to boost that blood. To be able to have something to release, so I was just having a little dig of. I have a lot of clients who take protein powder in the morning. I'm like, you could just have an egg or peanut butter on yep. toast. It doesn't have to be chugalog.
1: And we're um, yeah, we're all about that as well. Like with supplementation, get your baseline dietary methods nailed first, and then if you need, better. exactly. But um, how do we find? And this might be a silly question, but I don't. How do we find out which foods are actually in season? And relevant to us then like going back on on our discussion okay,
2: so the easiest way around it is to walk through the market or an organic store then ah uh, yeah cool. uh if you're going through somewhere like aldi look for locally grown Then they're normally pretty transparent about what's locally grown um and your local like and this is where you go back to your local and your small businesses and your mum and dad run businesses talk to the grocer talk to the producer like they will tell you, yeah, it's from here, it's from there, your farmers markets in the car park of a school every week, getting your vegetables. That'll yeah, be like okay. I grow it in my garden. Yeah, I just p- plucked it all this morning. It's um it's about getting to know your local community again to find out what is and isn't. And I mean, I'm the same with my meat. I talk to my butcher, I find out whether or not it was grass-fed, you know, because they fucking live on a paddock. I think that's what yeah. animals should be eating. Yeah. Um and, you know, and and also. That way you can make sure that your money is contributing to the ethical consciousness of how you want your community and life to be. Like I'm a firm advocate of consuming con- consuming conscious meat. So yeah. conscious meat's fantastic because they have to be raised in a certain way and they have to be killed in a certain way. Same with halal. It has to be strict adhesions to the life force of the animal. Mm. Lots of small butchers don't do this mass culling. They know the farmers. Yeah. so it comes back to that again and you know ideally you'd like local uh local produce local animals because they're living in the environment that you will then be consuming to continue to sustain in that environment Uh, constitutions you will have to see a practitioner for fine-tuning of that yeah Um, Yeah. because everyone goes oh i'm liver cheese stagnation bitch everyone's got a little bit of liver cheese stagnation that's not Mm. a diagnosis that's part of So that's
1: like saying, hey, I've got a emerald on my teeth. Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Very
0: true.
1: That's a good one.
0: You know, something that I've started doing, Abby, since um, working with you is like including more red meat and making sure that I am sort of Mm. getting enough iron and everything. Because something that I did uh, notice, um, Abby ran a seminar on doing like a facial at home in um, isolation and we did the gua sha um, via Zoom, which was really cool. And one of the things um, that was mentioned in there was about, um, we're talking about dark circles. And I, I've always had dark circles under my eyes, and I very much thought it was just a shift worker thing. But then obviously stepping away, I was like, Well, I'm not like doing all this night duty in this. Yeah,
1: you can't there. use that as an excuse anymore, yeah, mate. Like, You've been out. Still there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um started taking Coming. iron and it was like five days and they wow. like halved. It was crazy.
2: Uh, there we have got an epidemic of underlying blood deficiency. So that's yeah. my time diagnosis it does rudimentally translate to anemia but in, not in all cases okay so it's not necessarily always a derivative of iron deficiency or ferritin deficiency we have got an epidemic of blood deficiency especially in the female culture because um there's a lot of orthoplexia that's triggered a lot of this and there's a lot of dare i it? i don't know what your entire demographic is but there are vegan warriors that um have Interrupted people's ability to choose dietary methods for themselves that work for their health, and yeah. everyone's too scared to put anything on the internet. That God forbid they eat a bit of mints, even if it has been ethically sourced and produced. It's yeah. this eco-vegan warrior extremeness, which I can understand where it's coming from, but it also has twofold. So a symptom of blood deficiency is anxiety, fluttering in the chest, uh, inability to fall asleep properly, always feeling like you're rushing, breathlessness. Uh, after minimal exercise that I was having, yeah, I'm, I'm like,
1: like tick 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 yep. tick. tick, tick, tick. <laughs>
2: yeah, angry, uh, mm-hmm. crying for no reason, and not being able to stop. Dark circles under the eyes, bloating,
0: mm-hmm.
2: period pain, insufficient period, period not starting, spotting it at the wrong time in your menstrual cycle, and so I spend a lot of my time re-educating women, especially women that meats okay, and you can still have a vegetarian vegan lifestyle where you want your ethics completely and utterly respected. You want to make sure that you're spending your money where it's actually looking after the environment. So like in our clinic, everything is renewable, reusable, recyclable. I deliberately only use we don't use guide tubes in our clinic because that's a piece of plastic every fucking time we get a needle out. So I am super conscious at any point that I can be and still sterile. Um great. So I'm constantly re-educating women that red meat's not the devil. And a lot of people go, oh, I can't digest it because it hurts me. No, it actually doesn't. You already have a poor digestive system. We yeah. need to work out and strengthen your system so you can absorb it. I can give tablets. Tell the cows fucking come home. Like, yeah. Fun. Take your money. Yeah. Take the tablets. Take the pills. They help, but they're nowhere near as great as di- dietary digested um, enzymes. Dietary digest like if you can't have if you can't eat meat bone broth is a really fantastic way to start to introduce your system to fermenting iron again like you can't get the b vitamins and omegas the same way without a form of animal protein Mm -hmm. and so this is where you see lots of people going well i cut out meat and i lost all this weight." well no i think you just cut out all the meals that included anything that had exactly
1: less calories coming in
2: yeah yeah and there's a way there's a way to be really ethical about choices like lamb is another option or somebody else cooking it like i am like bitch eat a burger have a glass of wine
1: how <laughs> good's that what a takeaway that's the takeaway for today <laughs> eh?
2: definitely i would like to be known as the, the doctor that makes people eat burgers and wine yeah like i would never take away a dessert option like i might have said no more dairy i did say no more ice cream but i said you can have oh. salsa and chocolate pudding like that's fine
1: you need hey that. oh that's pretty damn good yeah
2: i mean i'm like one meal off diabetes myself i'm not going to hold any. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know there are ways around enjoying it so like my super downfall is dark chocolate and berries every evening otherwise i would be consuming an entire lemon meringue pie just for sheer shits and giggles and joy Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of butter in that and that would kill me so i pick and choose my moments or you know i try to balance my digestive system with it with hot ginger tea or digestive tea or hangover herbs Mm -hmm. like you know it's all about balance so i think a burger and a wine Definitely fixes a lot of problems and dark under eyes.
0: Yeah. Right. Something I was going to ask you, Abby, um, obviously being over in China and studying over there and working over there, you know, the culture is so different. How is the food different over there into what Chinese food is like here in Melbourne or Australia?
2: Depends where you go here in Melbourne or Australia. It's not that different. Um, so I trained in Guangzhou, which is Southern China, North of Hong Kong. And there's a lot of seafood there. Um, yeah. I, uh, I can honestly say there's probably not an animal I haven't eaten. The only thing I haven't eaten is a live snake. I drew the line at that. The The difference in food is um, when people consume food, you don't talk, you eat. Yes. You must sit. And even when we were run off our feet at, in the hospital, you would pull aside and sit down and eat. You wouldn't eat in front of the clients. You wouldn't eat while you're walking down the halls. You would pull aside and, and eat. Uh, and it was always minimum three meals, minimum. Um, at each meal, well, I noticed that at each meal, there was variation. It wasn't just rice. It wasn't just um, a meat. It was four or five different different types of food cooked differently. So there'd be something oven-baked. There'd be something gravy-baked. There'd be something wilted. And there'll be something um, like raw, but with lots of ginger or garlic through it. So mm-hmm. it was lots of um, variation in order to stimulate digestion. And they they partner food with one another in order to create different symbiosis of that being digested really easily um, yes nothing goes to waste so I had a huge huge dental overload when I came home because like for example if we were having uh say pheasant or bird I just say bird fuck knows what bird we're up to by then um <laughs> so if this is if this is the beak to the tail they cut it horizontally the whole way down
1: <laughs> yeah that's oh, right God. Cut the whole like, <laughs>
2: pulling it apart it's all the way down, including organs most of the time but wow. so even organs and offal had its own form of being prepared and cooked so and you know chopstick ahoy like yep. you using all your teeth in order to pick everything off the bone or even chew the bone um yeah so always cooked the day of um was it my my region had a lot of oil but the oil okay. was in order to lubricate to enhance elimination but in all fairness, like, I'll be really honest. I ate fucking everything. Because at that point, I didn't understand the concept of yum cha. I didn't understand that it would keep coming out. And because I couldn't understand oh. Chinese, and because I was a shiny white girl, it was auspicious to keep taking me out with all the doctors at the hospital. So they'd oh, take yeah. me on. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And I think, oh, fuck, I don't know when I'm going to eat again or what they're trying to tell me. So when the first light would come out, I'd eat it all. And then
1: um,
2: like, I'll eat that too. So I think I gained like 10 kilos in like five days. Wow. And my downfall, if I haven't already explained, I love fucking diabetes, is uh, egg custard tarts and um, egg custard buns. And then I found a barbecue on the way home that did like this little batter patter cake thing and so i was like i'm practicing my chinese yeah oh, that's can, it was Deep like, fried oh. ice cream
1: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> and so i'm like what's well, not dairy so um yeah. and then when my mentor goes, oh you got fat and i was like the english word for it is you gained a little bit of weight
1: yeah that's sorry so <laughs> to the point <laughs> yeah
2: and then like this this led on to more learning for me and the fact that yeah. like i um my one crux is having a tummy that makes me think i look pregnant doesn't matter how skinny I am or if I did marathon running, I would always think, oh my God, I look pregnant. And so when I gained all this weight, she started treating me for weight loss because China, that's really important that you look your best at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, She got rid of my tummy like within six months. And I was the heaviest I've been, but I thought I looked fucking bitch skinny. Like you will see me in crop tops a lot now because my tummy is flat. Doesn't matter how much I weigh, doesn't matter how much I gain. My one thing that consumed my entire well being is gone. And that's why I love doing cosmetic because I know how much different you feel when you're not picking yourself apart. It gives, you yeah. space, gives your brain space and time to think about how to create, how to help, how to be nicer, you know, things that you can do rather than things that you're trying to hide. It changes who you are. So I was like, sweet, flat tummy and keep eating the dietaries, Yes.
1: Well, that's good. And the culture over there is so different to here. Like one of my favourite cuisines is Japanese and just how clean and and fresh everything is. But they also have like the wasabi. Obviously, the the meal comes out cold, but then you have that element of heat in it. And that's why you often have wasabi with your sushi or or seafood.
2: But you'll also notice that miso is served with everything. Yes, miso as well. Before you eat the cold. Mm. I never really
0: noticed about how much digestion was really bled into so much of what they
1: do it's like a ceremony nowadays where i used to again before i was enlightened to this you're scrolling on your phone while you're eating eating while driving barely even chewing and for one week i practiced chewing my food and it made such a difference (laughs) i
2: was like you mean you don't use your teeth to eat that's not
1: guzzle it in like not even
2: burrito life (laughs)
1: That's straight in and, and and being distracted, but just the simple art of actually sitting down and concentrating on your food. Digestion is everything. Yeah. You can be taking all the pills and supplements in the world, but if you're not digesting it, what's the point? Oh,
2: it's a waste of time. So like we have a strict rule at clinic, like sometimes like we are slammed at the moment, like we're expanding again because it's just a need and there's a need for us at the moment. And so I think last week we had too many double bookings at the same time and we're trying to service everyone. And so like, I am a bitch that loves to eat. I saw all.
0: you getting that burrito.
2: Yeah. yeah I got, I did you notice I had to sit to snuffle it in my face? Mm. So we're like, no matter how busy you are, you have to sit to shove whatever you're going to shove in your gob. So yeah. like all the other staff would sit, <laughs> we'd sit and shove, but we would mm. still make sure like, okay, you might be three minutes late to that client, but you will sit, you will have gob work and then you will go join. So like even if you are the busiest person ever, you'll notice that I wasn't still typing on the computer while shoving my gob, I was yeah. sitting chewing. So for people who are working from home or are super busy in um corporate world, they go, oh, I ate my my lunch at my desk. Cool, yeah. did you at least put the screensaver on? Yeah. Like but at least close off your computer and consume rather than eat with your eyes and eat with your tummy at the same time. Like don't you, you know, don't if you don't
0: do that and you're sort of you know eating on the go and rushing and scoffing your food down what sort of impact does that have on the body
2: so um we say that digestion like if you're um so i've talked about the spleen system which is the digestive and metabolism system the spleen system is a partly digestion of food but also digestion of your mind and digestion and assimilation of ideas and the ability to use your intellect so if you're Using the spleen system to intellect and take in information, then the aspect of the spleen system can't digest because it's already being consumed at the top. So that will stop processes happening at the lower because it's being, cons- it doesn't have enough to do both. Mm. It's like a man, he can't have his dick out and create good decisions. It's- <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's only enough blood to do one, not both. And it's the yes. same with your. Eating systems, there's only enough energy to do one, not both. So if you are still consuming and thinking and doing, it's not going to give adequate attention to consuming and digesting. So then if you're fucking powering away on an email or you're stressed and you're doing all this stuff, then the the gun or the liver system is going to cut that off. So the liver is um, wood and root and the um, spleen or stomach is earth. So if the earth is weak or your digestion is weak, Roots will invade. So it doesn't matter what came first, chicken or egg. Your stomach isn't strong or digestion isn't good enough. Your stress receptors are going to take over. And you would see that fight or flight. Stress takes over. You can't actually assimilate food. And so it doesn't matter if your stress is already strong or your digestion is already weak. They'll interfere. So if you're using your mind to problem solve stress, worry about deadlines, client customer service, then your liver system is going to take out your digestion completely. And then you will get reflux difficulty digesting, weight gain, teed weight gain, yeah. fluid accumulation, fat ankles, fat underarms. Um, we see it all the time. If you just stop and chew food, you will be amazed how much weight you lose. Like yeah. you can't for it. It's really important. And I see a lot of people lose bloating and fluid metabolism when they stop cold, damp foods.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. this way to lose weight, warm food.
1: I can't wait to make these changes. Yeah. This is
2: cool. <laughs> I was such a cold
1: yeah.
0: water drinker, wasn't I? Yeah. I had bottle and bottle and it's been. Straight a- from the bridge. Yeah, straight, straight in. The yeah. I'm from the country. It was always hot. We just drank cold water. It was just the normal BB. Eat
1: bananas. Eat bucket of cold. <laughs> mm.
0: yeah. yeah, that's why I'm always
2: if cold. cold. The whole body will cool down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah. interesting.
2: Like if you're cold on the inside, everything contracts the whole thing is to have visor healthy shitting healthy breathing because you lose most of your weight through carbon dioxide breathing like that's yeah. the biggest way of ketosis to be eliminated after atp has been broken down so the only way the body can eradicate it so if you're snuffling food you're probably not breathing properly either so you're you're not able to have ketosis and healthy metabolism of what needs to be eliminated so then that's going in and you're gonna have stinky farts is what i reckon can't prove yeah, it no one oh,
1: wants you know, that no, no one wants
2: everyone that.
0: complains it on protein farts maybe it's not that maybe it's just them stress farts
2: down the protein stress much. farts well, people have a protein shake in lieu of eating
1: yeah. thinking
2: they're doing the right thing mm. i bet you when they're having that protein shake they're still fucking doing shit
1: yeah. it's, absolutely
2: it's not sit down and have a, a ceremony or a three minute headspace of just protein drinking
1: no it's you're like, right it's, it's done sweet. and then on to the next thing because it's made to be convenient actually. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have time to make a meal, they say. I'll oh, just you have a protein shake, shake and you're on your – wow. Well, you
0: can <laughs> just take an egg easy peasy have an have egg,
1: egg. <laughs> just boil an egg
0: Yeah. you know i can see abby how when you go to treat someone holistically as a person how much goes into it you know yeah like there's so much that goes into it and it's, it's yeah. never just take this one pill and treat this one problem you know and it's the same with everything we have to look in life like how everything our environment who we are what we're doing is impacting who we are and how we're performing
2: definitely and there's another uh, theory in chinese medicine about how your resonance actually radiates and affects those around you so when you make a change it does create a ripple effect and this has been proven through um uh physics and neurobiology so when you start to make a change that starts to spread and create um hopefully beneficial change around you as well so you would notice that while you're working on your own self-well-being how it impacts a benefit on your relationships and then because they're surrounded by benefit that person goes on and has a benefit in their world and their relationships so I think um it's really important that when this is a really big turning curve of no longer having the superwoman no longer having the the power mom of the 90s and her shoulder pads full-time job full-time family full-time hobbies mm-hmm. doing all the things it's more about like oh I need to fill my cup before I can yeah. then. Start with others. and there's no shame in being completely utterly fucking selfish because then you everyone else will be selfish too. So when you look after yourself, then you don't have to be looking after others because they step up and look after themselves too. And that's a big part of, of the Chinese medicine way as well. Because when I was in China, like all the sewers are open, um, there's shit all on the road, but it doesn't matter because my immune system is strong. Yeah, It's not about the collective immune system. My immune system is strong, so that's fine. And so that permeates um, everyone else being strong as well because you're looking after yourself so beautiful so true.
0: we just go and get immunized and take all the drugs and do all those sorts of things you know it's it's yeah. so fascinating it's opened up my eyes hugely can you tell oh, yeah. us a little bit about um you know your practice in zong center and you know what's next for you in that space
1: how can people get more of you yeah oh mate <laughs> <laughs> take a number
2: <laughs> take a look just just watch me on Instagram, and you know you'll see me fucking lose my shit at least once or twice a week. I think people follow me just for fucking rants, and I'm like, I feel all this pressure because I don't feel grumpy today, and what am I going to do if I fall? <laughs> um, so at Long Center at the moment, uh, we are just hiring a third lovely practitioner, and she has a background in women's health, so that's awesome. And I think she was also a doula, so we're going to have a lot more pregnancy support because if you want cosmetic acupuncture in pregnancy, there's very stringent criteria to apply. Um, again, because when you're pregnant, you uh, advise not to get Botox or fillers. So we are an option for that, especially for um, pregnant acne, pregnancy, rosacea, or the labor induction, helping with all the stress. We do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chinese, you know, one child policy, nailed fertility. Um, so we do a lot, do a lot of fertility. Um, I am no longer doing uh, general health anymore. I'm only focusing on constitutional cosmetics. So if you have a really complicated health history that you want purely focused on, then we've got two other amazing practitioners that just love investigating your bits and pieces. I will include it, but for me, I really love changing how people see themselves. That's my passion. That's my once you feel great about yourself, then the others will really start to take over so we're expanding there um this year I had a couple of retreats booked out that I was facilitating so I'm hoping to reconvene them for next year so I run retreats uh, mainly in Bali or New Zealand with traditional healers of the land so wow. part is really really woo woo and esoteric and then you've got me there facilitating maybe drinking with you in the evening oh. yeah <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> the burger and the wine the burger and the wine so um, i take you to all these amazing healers that i have found and um i've got these amazing priests and monks in uh bali who might like, just rub you Ooh. with a stick and be able to tell you more about yourself than i ever have and then i take over um a couple of really intuitive readers as well and I don't know if you've met me but I'm particularly fucking fussy about who touches me and massage like I only want my shit so I have found all them and you know it's a retreat where you can eat and drink is what I run if you want to go away and make real changes about yourself in a nourishing pampering way yeah. you kind of want to enjoy a bit of woo-woo but you also want the practicality of what the fuck does that mean they said that I've got a moon rising on the third of the twelfth what the fuck Be like, mm-hmm. mm, it means that you're crazy and you need to deal with this so yeah. I run retreats like that where we also give back to the community of where we're based. So next year I'm hoping to reinstate um, a few more of those for people who apply to come with me. And hopefully I'll be able to up and run my seminars again. Um, I fucking hate Zoom. I fucking hate online so, mm. so, so much. Mm. Um, I find it really fatiguing. I find it really draining. So I really love doing my seminars face-to-face again. And what we used to do is I used to do that Glow Party as an event, so you can have oh. your client, you can bring your girlfriend, you can ask questions, you can learn how to do the technique properly. I can come through and give you a bit of pain in the process, mm. and then you go away and you look you look younger. So 2021 should kick off with our traditional Chinese New Year party. So mm. as Dong Center, we don't uh, celebrate every other dom- denomination of so we don't celebrate Christmas, we don't celebrate Eid, we don't celebrate Ramadan, and we don't celebrate Hanukkah because we have a lot of clients of multinational and so even if i have muslim clients come in we talk about how allah is very important and if they've been praying and i can tell whether or not that they've been including that in their lifestyle because that's a very important part of health and well-being same with um if you're jewish you know making sure that you're spending enough time allocating to forgiveness and and and, and all these types of things so we include that so instead as wow. a kind of we go fucking mad for chinese new year i normally make a dragon that takes out 15 meters of the entire hallway
1: oh how good
2: to the building um I go extravagant on opulence and food and flowers and drinking or mocktails and we normally just have a bit of frivolity either talking about your Chinese horoscope or your earth element and which Chinese astrology goes partnered with which alcohol best and that's you for the day <laughs> Um, Sign
1: us up! I'm ready for this
2: party. It's, it's my give back to to everyone who supported Zhong and supported my um, clinic. And for people who do the fucking homework, looking at yeah. stuff is such an investment. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I'm meant to be your practitioner. I can't be your friend, but I can give you a party, like you know I want to see you how. You I want to see that you're you know and then once you maybe finished your journey with me meet the other practitioners I've got some amazing people working for me because like I said I'm fucking fussy um, I'm all about making it the right person not a person so mm-hmm. we've got everybody else there as a team that we can share your health journey wellness journey with and just making sure like are you on the level of crazy that functions you know there's different types how good so that? that's that's the plan hopefully crack america for training their practitioners over there because i've got a lot of followers in america that are practitioners loving what i do in clinic and just making sure like no judgment if you want to fucking put bits and pieces in your face cool but you know how can we also make you feel like yourself because yeah. as you change your facial features are you changing your psychology
1: brilliant it's,
2: ponder a lot
0: and mm. you, that's what stands you apart abby is like you're not you know it's not black or white with you you're not sort of you know, on the, on the fence to one party. And often that's what uh, it can be sort of lent towards with a lot of different practitioners of different fields. And, you know, there is no guilt and shame of doing whatever you want to do. It's just about having knowledge and having options.
2: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I can be pretty set in my ways. I do know that. I know that I'm not the right fit for everybody. Like you either love me or you loathe me. either like you resonate with me or you think oh that girl's a bit much that's fine that's cool i just want to make sure that you've got options of what you can include mm-hmm. but it takes people about a year to really listen to what i say and i just think oh just give me a direct deposit until you fucking pay attention yeah. like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly I love that.
2: Thank you. There are lots
1: of takeaways that I'll be implementing. Whoa, tongue twister. That's how mind-blowing I am. I can't even talk English anymore. Implementing and no doubt our listeners will be as well. So really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with us.
2: Thanks for giving me an opportunity to listen to my own voice. I really appreciate
0: it. (laughs) Before we head off, um, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on Instagram and um, as well as Song Centre?
2: Awesome. So my Instagram handle is dr abby acupuncture and that's abby i e spell it with a y and die um, <laughs> <laughs> you can get my last name wrong just don't get my first name wrong like dr abby acupuncture um and you can find out more about our clinic on jongcenter.com so that's dot e.com and we've got all of our lovely doctors there all of our beautiful clinic um how to find us weird blogs on food and periods and how to tell boys about blood um (laughs) we have a huge amount of men that come in for cosmetic as well like it's not just for ladies so yeah we're at john center and i'm on the gram ranting away yeah good thank you so much i tried and failed i was like this is too much too (laughs) (laughs) millennial. i don't want to treat 16 year olds this is too much for me
0: (laughs) It's never too much with you, Abby. But Ugh. thank you so much for coming on. You know, it's, you've really opened up our eyes and we hope that um, everyone could take some um, some knowledge and wisdom because you've definitely got plenty of it. So, you yes. know, if you guys and girls did take anything from the episode, please do take a screenshot, tag myself, Danielle, and of course, Abby with an IE,
2: not a
1: wife, <laughs> <died. Yeah>. um,
2: <laughs> My actual parting wisdom is if, if you're not in St. Kilda or if you're not in Melbourne and you want to find someone who's a registered acupuncturist, you need to go on the APRA website and make sure that they're registered because dry needling is a different uh, segment than actual Chinese medicine and working on your hormones. So the APRA website will have someone who's paid lots of money to be registered by the government, done years and years of training and therefore paid lots of money and lots of insurance. The more insurance someone has, the better. So um, a registered practitioner for acupuncture is on the APRA website by the government of Australia.
1: A-H-P-R-A. Yep. Australian Health Practitioner.
2: I, I didn't want to spell it because I get it wrong out loud every yeah, time. Yeah, I just thought I'd give it a <laughs> crack. Ah ARPRA. Yeah, We're on there. Definitely. All right. There. Thank you. Thanks Thanks Thank you for me. having me on.
1: Anytime.